You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to close today the first chapter of the Mishnah of Sukkah, which is really the, the chapter of building a Sukkah. The next chapter, chapter two, will focus more about how we behave in the Sukkah. But this chapter, the first chapter, is about the construction of the sukkah. And in order to appreciate the last two Mishnayot, which we're going to study, we need the concept of a bent wall. So before jumping into the Mishnah, I'd like just to spend a minute on the concept of the bent wall. It's a dofen akuma in Hebrew. Dofen akuma, the bent wall, is a concept which the Gemara learns out as a halachala mosheni sinai. In other words, it's a it's a verbal tradition that we have just from way back from Sinai. It's not learned out from a pasuk, but it's a tradition that we have that's fixed. Just like you know, to fill in a black. No one knows why to fill in a black. It's halachala mosheni sinai. And the halakha of the bent wall is illustrated on the source sheet and on the little picture in front of you. The, uh, the wall, in we think about a sukkah with vertical walls and with srach on top of the walls. And we know, by the way, that the rabbis are much more interested in the srach than they are in the walls. You can make your walls out of any, absolutely anything you like, but the srach has to be made out of special materials. It's stuff that grows from the ground, that is detached from the ground. It's the schach that exists in this liminal space between the man-made and the non-man-made, whereas the walls can be made in any way that you like. But what if the schach doesn't cover the whole of the sukkah? That's the question. And the rabbis are lenient. They'll say that as long as the schach covers the middle of the sukkah, then the walls can be considered to bend inwards. So the walls can bend in up to four amot, up to four cubits, which is about two yards. It's a long way. The walls can bend in to catch, to meet the kosher schach. And that means if you have a room, maybe with a hole in the middle of the roof and some kosher schach just covering the hole in the middle of the roof, you probably have a kosher sukkah as long as the distance between the schach and the vertical walls is less than four amot, less than four cubits. So let's keep that in mind. Let's keep the picture in mind. And let's now go back to the Mishnah. Bait sheni ftach vesikak vesikak al gabav. Let's open up a house and let's put schach over the top of it. So we've opened up the roof of the house. We made a hole in the roof. We put schach over the top of it. If there's four cubits from the wall to the schach, it's invalid. It's not kasher. But hang on, that means if there are less than four amot, less than four cubits, it's perfectly kasher. So that, that's the four amot rule, that the walls can bend in four amot. And aksadra is a Greek word, which probably means a pergola. Thus, same rule for a courtyard, which is surrounded by a pergola. So 
you can imagine a courtyard between between the houses. We've learned about this in the Mishnah of Eruvin. They would build the houses around courtyards. So clearly you can put schach over the courtyard and make a sukkah there. And the walls of the houses will be walls for the sukkah. But here we seem to be dealing with... Um, we're dealing with a courtyard which has got some kind of pergola inside it. And the pergola's got its own roof. So we're going to say similarly that if the pergola's got its own roof, that has to be less than four cubits, less than four amot. Otherwise, it doesn't, it, it's not a kosher sukkah. And finally, what about a sukkah? that is made with schach, but not all the schach is kosher. And we talked until already about non-kosher schach. We talked about the metal spits. We talked about the bedposts. We talked about the boards. There's all kinds of stuff. We talked about um, a vine that might not be detached from the ground. There's all kinds of stuff that is not kosher schach. And the Mishnah, this Mishnah is going to close by saying, we've got a big sukkah, a large sukkah that is surrounded with material that we don't make schach out of. So it's a big sukkah and right on the edges there's stuff that wouldn't be any good like these metal spits. If there are four amot underneath the non-kosher bit of the sukkah, it's, it's invalid, it's psula. But four amot is quite a lot, right? Four amot is a, is a lot of distance. It's two yards. So you can have one yard of non-kosher schach right around the edge of your sukkah. And it's still a kosher sukkah. Obviously, you don't sit under the non-kosher part of it. You sit in the middle under the kosher part. But you can see that the rabbis are bending over backwards to help us make a kosher sukkah in Sukkot. And Maybe, you know, that's why it's a halachala. It's a halachala Moshe Sinai. We learn it out from Sinai. The rabbis are trying to help us build a kosher sukkah. What about, however, what about a sukkah that has no roof at all and therefore no schach? Well, how could it have no roof? Well, what if it's shaped like a teepee or a cone? So obviously a teepee could have a little flat roof in the middle, but you can imagine a teepee with no roof at all. It's just walls and the walls meet at the top. Or we could take a roof and we could lean it against the wall. So we could make a triangular sort of building. Flat bottom, one vertical wall and one sloping wall. Again, a bit like a, a sort of a dugout or a bit like a bivouac. And there's an interesting dispute in the Mishnah. Oseh sukkah toka means srif. Someone who makes his sukkah like a cone. Or shesmachala kotel lechotel. Or someone who leaned it against a wall. Rabbi Eliezer posel. Rabbi Eliezer says it's not kosher. Mipnesh ein lagad. Because it's got no roof. And we're sensing now that the essential part of a sukkah is the roof. It's the roof that makes the sukkah, it's the schach, or to be precise, it's the schach on the roof that makes it a sukkah. The walls are not important. So Rabbi Eliezer will invalidate it because it's got no roof. It's just a TP. And the sages declare it kasher. <clears throat> and you know, I checked this Mishnah in the manuscript just earlier this evening, and the manuscript absolutely has it as we have it in the printed text. 
But there is a different version. <laughs> there is a different version of this Mishnah quoted in a Baraita in somewhere in the Talmud. And the Halakha actually goes according to Rabbi Eliezer, not according to the sages. So in the other version of the Baraita, the sages say it's puzzle. The, the Chachamim say, no, 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 you can't have a sukkah with no roof. And that is the Halakha brought down by the Rambam in the Mishneh Torah. You can't have a sukkah with no roof. The roof is what makes the sukkah. What about a roof which is made of something, well, something that's not made for a sukkah? What about a sleeping mat? And people use, by the way, these kind of reed mats to cover up their sukkot today in London, and maybe they use them in Washington too. Machaletset kanim gedola. Let's think about a large reed mat. Maybe it was made for lying on. People use them at the beach for lying on, actually. If you go to Israel, you'll see them lying on these reed mats at the beach. If it's made for lying on, it's liable for impurity and it, it can't, isn't used as schach. It's like a bed, basically. It's like a kli. It's like a vessel. And we've said anything that can take impurity can't be used for schach. But, and here's the but, if it's made for schach, if it's made for schach, if it's made with the purpose of Sukkot in mind, if it's made for schach, of course we can use it for schach. That's the purpose. It's not a kli and it's not susceptible to impurity. Now, this, the first opinion in the Mishnah says, Machatzelet Kanim Gedola. We're talking about a big reed mat. And I guess the assumption is a small one is different. And Rabbi Eliezer is going to have the last word. In fact, the last word in the chapter. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Achak Tanav, Achak Gedola. Rabbi Eliezer says, look, it doesn't make any difference. Small or large, what's the difference? That what makes the difference is the purpose. If it was made for lying on, it's susceptible to impurity and it's invalid. If it's made for schach, if it's made for schach, it's valid as schach. And it's not susceptible to impurity. And we're coming back, of course, to the question of com of question of consciousness that your generations shall know we're sitting in Sukkot so the generations will know that the people of Israel dwelt in Sukkot when they came out of Egypt and of course that imply it implies consciousness it implies knowledge the schach has to be made with knowledge for the festival it's not some random piece of something that just happens to be sitting on the porch of our house. It's something that we place there with consciousness and with intention. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>